Let us now go to the Lord in prayer. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them. Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 9. Listen for the word of the Lord. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountain quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you are angry and we sinned because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our unrighteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter, and we are the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O oh Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. Listen again to the word of the Lord. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth 
will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that hour, but about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at night, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we ask you to come and be present with us. Use me, O Lord, as your vessel to speak the truth. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Fifteen years ago or so, Mel Gibson made the movie Apocalypto about the Mayan kingdom, which in the movie is at the height of its opulence and power. However, the foundations of the empire are beginning to crumble. The leaders believe they must build temples, more and more temples, and make more and more sacrifices of people or their crops and citizens will die. Today's passage reminds me of the movie Apocalypto, not so much about the movie itself, but a statement within that movie. The movie begins with a profound quote before the opening scene, which says, a great nation is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself from within. Remember this statement. We will come back to it. Mark chapter 13 is known as the Olivet Discourse. The setting is the Mount of Olives with a view of a massive, the massive temple and amazing buildings, a campus of buildings that began construction under Herod the Great before Jesus' birth and was still continuing construction at that time. The chapter opens. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings? Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. Peter, James, John, and Andrew were curious and wanted to know when these things that Jesus spoke about would happen. In the verses that lead up to today's passage, Jesus warns the disciples of signs of the end times, namely deception, wars and rumors of wars, famine, natural disasters, persecution, betrayal among family members, and false messiahs. Jesus continued in verse 24 and following to tell about his return. He described a time when the sun would no longer be bright. 
the moon would, fall, would fail to illuminate and the stars would fall from the sky. There would be such distress that even the powers in heaven would shake. And amid all this earth and heaven-shaking activity, the Son of Man, Jesus, would arrive from the clouds with glory and power, sending his angels to gather his chosen people throughout the world in heaven. What a dramatic scene. I cannot imagine how the disciples felt as Jesus spoke these words to them. Jesus' words in Mark chapter 13 are a departure from the style of writing from the rest of the Gospel of Mark. These words are apocalyptic, an unveiling, a theme of Jewish literature that concerns final events before the end of time. With these words, Jesus was preparing his disciples for the persecution and destruction that would come as they shared the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. They needed to hear these things, this prediction of things to come, so that in Jesus' absence they could look back on this moment and have hope and keep faith as these things came to fruition. In 70 AD, the temple fell as Jesus predicted. However, the sun remained radiant, the moon still illuminated the sky, the stars were in the sky, and the powers in heaven did not quake. So where was Jesus? What happened to Jesus coming on clouds with all glory and power? And why had not his angels gathered the elect, his chosen people, from the earth and heaven? In Mark chapter 13, verses 28 through 31, Jesus told the disciples the parable of the fig tree. You see, by the fig tree, they could tell the seasons. When the branches of the fig tree were tender and the leaves began to sprout, they knew summer was near. Summer had not yet come, but they anticipated the coming of summer because of the signs of the fig tree. The destruction of the temple in 70 AD was like a sign that Jesus was coming, not a sign to look to the sky and the clouds and, and be looking for Jesus. Jesus had not yet come. But the falling of the temple may, meant that Jesus was near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This was the theo theological reality of their time, and it is the theological reality of our time. But their time and our time are not the timing of our triune God. Jesus wanted the disciples to remember in times of persecution and destruction that he is near at the very gates. But only God knows the time these things shall come to pass. Jesus ends his discourse of the end times with a warning. Beware, keep alert, keep awake. For about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father.
Now wait a minute. Isn't Jesus God? And since he is God, surely he knew when the end time would take place. The answer is yes, Jesus is God in human form. And Jesus' humanity, when he came down from heaven, as our faith affirms, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and became truly human. He therefore put himself in the category of no one knows. No one knows. No one knows about the day or hour. That is, no human knows. Not even the Son, but only the Father. Sometimes verse 32 distracts readers from the warning in the following verses. Jesus was human. That is why the Son did not know the hour of the day of the end times. Jesus was fully human. As usual, Jesus gave his disciples a great example of why they need to beware, keep alert, and keep awake. Because no one knows the day or the hour, it is like a man going on a journey when he leaves his home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the, master's when the master will return to his house in the evening, at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he suddenly comes. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. These words of warning are powerful and true. You know the saying, when the cat's away, the mice will play. It is human nature to relax and let your guard down when no one is watching you, when your boss is on vacation, or for our youth, when your parents trust you to do the right thing in their absence, like when you're hanging out with your friends. Jesus warned the disciples to keep alert because Jesus, in Jesus' physical absence, there would be false messiahs trying to lure them and others into corrupt teachings. The disciples needed to stand guard, keeping the faith and Jesus' teachings fresh in their hearts and minds for their sake and for the sake of others as they advance the gospel. The disciples needed to be ready because Jesus was near and could return at any moment. Think of Jesus' warning as always be, being ready for a pop quiz. How many students out there like a pop quiz or even love a pop quiz? If you say yes to this question, it's probably due to you being alert in class, you listen carefully to the teacher's instructions, you take good notes, and you review those notes daily. Conversely, if you don't like pop quizzes, it's likely because you're not doing these things that I just mentioned. Jesus spoke these words in Mark 13, 24 through 37 to prepare the disciples for the future, to make them ready and to encourage them to stay alert for his return. So where is the hope in this passage? Where did the disciples find hope in Jesus' prediction of the end times? Bible scholars suggest these prophecies formulate a message of hope with encourage, which encourages the disciples 
to endure the hardships of testimony to the gospel, those who do so will be gathered into the people of God, the elect. The saying about the fig tree may have been intended by Mark to convey reassurance rather than information. As the disciples began to see events that confirmed these predictions, they were assured that the day of salvation for the elect was near. The promise of an enduring validity of Jesus' words recast the promise of eternal rule made in Daniel chapter 7, verse 14. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. That is why we must be aware, keep alert, and keep awake. Like the stages of sleep, there are stages of keeping alert. According to the Sleep Foundation, there are four stages of sleep, from light sleep, where the body is not fully relaxed, to deep sleep, where the body is restored, and then REM sleep, or rapid eye movement, where the brain activity increases and you have vivid dreams and the body muscles are so relaxed and somewhat paralyzed, making it hard to wake up. Jesus wanted his disciples to keep awake, focusing on him and following his teachings. Lack of focus in the, is the first stage of falling asleep. He warned them to beware of those who might come claiming to be the Messiah. Following false prophets is the second stage of sleep, which leads to deep sleep. He warned the disciples to keep alert for the signs of his return because he was near. Falling asleep while waiting for Christ's return would be like the REM stage of sleep, paralyzing the disciples, which would keep them from being gathered with the elect when Jesus comes with all power and glory. Brothers and sisters, God wants us to keep awake with hopeful anticipation of Jesus' return so we can gather with him for eternity. So what do we do in the meantime, and, and how do we best spend our time watching and waiting for Christ's return? First, take a good look around our society today and get a good picture in your mind of where we are, where we have come from, and where we are going, as I read once again the quote from the movie Apocalypto. A great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself from within. Friends, there is much work for us to do because we are destroying ourselves from within. People have fallen away from the church. The crime rate and homeless rate have increased from the last year. Jesus called the disciples of his day and he calls the disciples today to be where he is near. Our society needs to hear the gospel, share the good news at home, at work, at the gym, and in your neighborhood. People are seeking the truth. As Christ's disciples, we should share the gospel truth with someone each and every day. Second, where and how is Christ calling us to 
Be active in the world. Where do we see war and suffering? And what can we do about it? There are wars all over the world, civil wars in African countries, the Russian and Ukraine war, drug wars in Mexico, and the war in the Middle East. Beware, Christ is near. How many of you know prayer changes things? How powerful would it be for all of us to be in prayer at the same time for, for the same things? I thank God for Pastor Nelson Reevely who encourages us to be in prayer together daily at noontime prayer. And for Pastor Calvin and the members of our prayer team who pray intercessory prayers faithfully. Prayer is a time when you can go to God for yourself, for someone else, or the world and ask for what is needed. Some say, Pastor Joanna, I, I just don't know how to pray. Well, the Bible teaches us how to pray, and the book of Psalms is a good starting place because it contains prayers of praise, petition, confession, lament, thanksgiving, and intercession. There is no excuse not to pray. When we survey the world in which we live, we should, incur we should be encouraged and committed to prayer. Make time for God. Pray daily and watch God change things in your life and in the lives of others. Finally, strengthen your faith and find encouragement while you wait for Christ's return by being in God's community of believers, worshiping and working together, learning God's word and sharing the gospel. Last Sunday, the Reverend John Scholler preached a sermon titled, There's Something about the Bible. In his sermon, he spoke about the importance of stories for our history, for who we are, and to know from whence we have come, and especially about the importance of telling and sharing the story of God in worship, in Sunday school, Bible study, and in our songs. While you wait for Christ's return, spend time in the Word. Advent is a wonderful time to begin sharing the story of Jesus Christ with your children, your grandchildren, and other family members and friends. The knowledge that you gain from learning and sharing the gospel will keep you alert as you wait for the Lord's return. Brothers and sisters, the good news for this first Sunday in Advent is Jesus is coming. His, prediction, his predictions are accurate and his warning is true. Keep alert, keep awake, beware Christ is near. Amen.